Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with a heart filled with wisdom as we pick up in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 4. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. If there is to be a choice made between wisdom and knowledge, it's better to choose wisdom. It's like the mother who told her child, honey, when you don't got an education, you got to use your brains. (laughs) And wisdom is really preferable to knowledge. For unless you have wisdom, knowledge can be dangerous. Knowledge can destroy. Wisdom is the principal thing, which is actually the correct application of knowledge. It's knowing what to do with what you know. Understanding. So here is David talking to Solomon. Now look, son. (laughs) Wisdom is the principal thing. So get wisdom. And with all of your getting... Get understanding. Oh, to have an understanding heart. And oh, to have a heart that is filled with wisdom. The fear of the Lord. The beginning of wisdom. That's where it starts. Concerning wisdom, exalt her and she will promote you. She shall bring you to honor when you do it, when you embrace her. She shall give To your head, an ornament of grace, a crown of glory will she deliver to you. Hear, O my son, and it seems like Solomon picks it up here again. Receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. For I have taught you in the way of wisdom, I have led you in the right path. When you go, your steps shall shall not be straightened, and when you run, you will not stumble. Take Hold of instruction. Grip her. Don't let her go. Keep her, for she is your life. Enter not into the path of the wicked. Do not go in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it. Run from it. For they sleep not unless they have done some mischief, and their sleep is taken away unless they've caused someone to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and they drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. So here is the contrast, the wicked who go in darkness and who cannot sleep until they've done their mischief and so forth. In contrast to the path of the just, which is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Beautiful. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Here, I think, is is perhaps the key. Keeping our hearts 
with all diligence. Now, the Bible speaks of the soul, the emotions of man, conscious level. But it speaks also of the heart of man, which is always considered one level deeper. Out of the abundance of the heart, the scripture said, the mouth speaks. It is not which goes into a man's mouth that defiles a man, but that which comes out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And out of the heart, there issue, you know, all of these things. So the heart is considered as sort of the center of the volitional part of man, the will of man. There's a difference made in the scripture with the believing in your mind and the believing in your heart. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart, what you believe in your heart affects the way you live. What you believe in your mind can pass by and have no effect upon the way you live. But when it's down deep within your heart, then, then there is the effect upon your life. We must keep our hearts with all diligence because it is out of the heart that the issues of life spring forth. Put away from you a forward mouth, a perverse mouth, perverse lips, put far from thee. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Ponder the path of your feet. And let all your ways be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left, but remove your foot from evil. Now, my son, attend unto my wisdom. Bow your ear to my understanding that you may regard discretion and that your lips may keep knowledge. And now he's going to warn his son again about the strange woman. For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But her end is bitter as wormwood. Now, though her lips drop like a honeycomb, all of the sweetness and, and sugar and, and all, yet the end is bitter bitter as wormwood. And though her mouth is smoother than oil, in the end it's like a two-edged sword. It'll cut you to pieces. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. Actually, he's talking here of, of course, a prostitute, an adulterous woman, strange woman. Lest you should ponder the path of life, her ways are movable, that you cannot know them. Hear me now, therefore, O ye children. Do not depart from the words of my mouth. Remove your way far from her. Do not come near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others and your years unto the cruel. Lest strangers be filled with your wealth and your labors be in the house of a stranger. And you mourn in the end when your flesh and body are consumed, when you've 
contracted some venereal disease. And you say, how have I hated instruction and my heart despised reproof? How can I do such a stupid thing? Why did I do that, you know? And, and to save yourself all of the remorse of your own folly. And you have not obeyed the voice of your teachers nor inclined your ear to those that instructed. You cry out, why didn't I obey the voice of my teachers? Why didn't I listen to those that were instructing? I was almost in all evil in the midst of the congregation assembly. Now drink waters out of your own cistern and running waters out of your own well. In other words, enjoy the marital relationship with your own wife. Drink the waters of your own cistern, of your own well. Don't go looking for strange water. Let thy fountains, lest thy fountains actually be dispersed abroad and the rivers of water in the streets, lest you just chase after anything that goes down the street. Keep yourself actually pure and with your own wife and not with a stranger. Let your fountain of life be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. Let her be as a loving hind, as a pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times, and be thou ravished always with her love. The Bible speaks so much of the beauty of the love and the love relationship within marriage. God has ordained marriage in the beginning when God made the male and female he said for this cause shall a man leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife and they too shall become one flesh therefore that which God has joined together let no man put asunder now when God created us and he created our bodies in a true understanding of the scriptural teaching the real you is not your body the real you is spirit that dwells in your body but as my spirit is dwelling in my body my body does have certain appetites certain drives certain needs there are certain hormones and chemicals and all that work in my body. And these working through the glands send signals to my brain and they keep my body in balance. If I run around the church, I am burning up a lot of oxygen. And as the oxygen burns up, as the oxygen is being carried by the blood to the various cells of my body, that they might burn, the, the muscles and so forth, that they might burn this oxygen. The byproduct of the burnt oxygen is carbon dioxide. And as this carbon dioxide begins to fill up in my bloodstream, 
as it gets to a certain level, it sends a message to my brain and it says there's too much carbon dioxide in the blood. You need to get rid of it and the cells are needing some fresh oxygen supply. And my brain responds to these chemical messages that are coming to it as the body is monitoring its own chemical structures. And so the brain sends the message to the lungs to start pumping. It sends a message to the heart, get to working, start really pumping it through. And to the lungs, get to really pumping also. And so I start to pant and my heartbeat increases. And thus I am exhaling the carbon dioxide, the waste materials, and I'm inhaling the fresh oxygen to give fresh shots through my whole system. And this is known as the hemostasis. It keeps my body in balance. Now if the moisture level gets low in my body, again a message is sent to my brain. You're needing more moisture. And it sends a message to my throat. It gets dry. I think, man, I've got to have a drink of water, you know. I've been out perspiring, and my moisture level gets down to a dangerous level. And so the chemicals, they, they respond, and I get thirsty. Now, God has built in these systems, and they're marvelous. If he didn't build in these little systems... When you ran around it, it, and all, you'd just fall over and you could actually die. With all of that extra carbon dioxide in your blood and, and without the oxygen that you need, you'd pass out soon. You wouldn't be able to run very far. You'd run so far and then you'd just pass out. But God has put these balances and these drives there. The air drive and the thirst drive. And then, of course, your cells need other types of, of energy uh, supplies, and so you get hungry. Now, this is somewhere where the system's gone haywire, I'm sure, but <laughs> I'm sure that I don't need to eat as much as I do. <laughs> but yet I have to eat. That's all a part of it, the whole system to keep it going. Now, God wanted the earth to be populated by man. And so God created the reproduction organs in the body. And God created strong sexual drives, strong sexual urges. And he made the experience very exciting, very pleasurable, in order that children might be born. Otherwise, the human species probably would have disappeared from the world years ago, as men would have found it more pleasurable to go fishing. So it is a God-created drive. The purpose is primarily the populating of the earth. And God has ordained 
that these drives be satisfied and be fulfilled within the bonds of a marriage covenant where two persons of opposite sex make a covenant before God that they will love, honor, cherish one another until death separates them. Because God also knows that the children that are born of this relationship need to have the security, the stability of a strong, happy, loving home. Lest society disintegrate. So the whole thing has been planned of God. It's a part of God's process. In its place, it is not evil. It's absolutely beautiful and desirable. God has created it in order that it might become a deepest expression of the oneness that does exist between a husband and wife, where the two become one flesh, joined together, one flesh. And even God has taken this beautiful experience and spiritualized it, enlightening it unto that relation that exists in the deepest love and the oneness between Christ and his church. Now, move it out of the environment in which and for which God has created it. And it, that which was created to be beautiful and meaningful and glorious becomes sinful, missing the mark, twisting the use, and it becomes wrong. And it now is laden with feelings of guilt. It's, it's, it, it has all of its counter issues that come forth from it and becomes counterproductive. So God speaks. And here, of course, Solomon speaks to his son and he is exhorting him about this beautiful gift that he has from God. Fountains of life. Don't go spilling them on the street with just anybody. But enjoy the wife of your youth. Be ravished always with her love. For why will you, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a stranger. And now the clincher comes, for the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all of his goings. God is watching you. You don't do it in secret. It isn't something that is done in, 
under a cover of darkness. The ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and God ponders all of his goings. Now, why is he going there? His own iniquities will take the wicked himself, and he will be held with the cords of his own sins. He will die without instruction, and in the greatness of his folly, he shall go astray. Just good, plain advice given by the Father to his Son. It's just good, plain advice for all of us. return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Proverbs on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Proverbs 4 through 5 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Father, we pray that we might learn to prize wisdom. May we seek it as a treasure. May we, O oh God, hate evil. May we not tolerate or give a place for it in our lives, but may we flee in order that we might walk, Lord, in your way, in the way of truth and of righteousness. And so help us, Lord, to give heed to the instructions, to your laws, to your commandments. In Jesus' name, amen. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. For years, Pastor Chuck was asked thousands of questions. This new guy that my mom married, he thinks that the Christian beliefs are foolish, and I was wondering if that's going to like affect my mom's walk. I'm a Christian. I'm trying to fight the addiction of smoking, and are those things going to keep me from going in the rapture? Is it okay to use your tithe and give it to someone who's going on a mission trip instead of giving it directly to church? 
The Word for Today is pleased to present an ebook called Biblical Counseling by Chuck Smith, listing over 200 topics that include Pastor Chuck's commentary and the scripture references he used. Topics include addiction, business relationships, depression, lawsuits, sexuality, training children, and so much more. To download the Biblical Counseling ebook by Chuck Smith, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link provided. Or you can call 1-800-272-9673.